Yeah. Hello and welcome back to the Couch GM Podcast. My name is Ryan Parker and I'm joined as always by Matt Sageburning Chamberlain. How's it going, Matt? Fantastic. It's been a lot of time outside lately, Ryan. Got that mm. breath of fresh air since we're now going to be glued to the couch for the uh, playoffs moving yeah. forward. It's been nice. I've got some yard work done, starting to play some golf, getting back into golf. Went and did a little flag football. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. How was it? It was fun. Got, you know, got that first turf burn back. So nice. breaking it in. It's nice. good to go. Uh, yeah, it, it's it's been good. We have kind of took a hiatus from recording there, uh, but it's been good. I'm excited to be back, Matt. I'm excited for the playoffs. Because it's going to be heavy now picking up. Yeah. Yeah. From now until what, June, end of June? july yeah it's gonna take a bit to get through all these playoffs since we're starting so late but yeah and then a fl- quick turnaround for another season back in ho- hopefully in october so but before we get into all of that let me remind you to follow us on our social media platforms uh twitter and instagram you can fi- find us um, by searching nba couch gm pod um, or couch gm podcast and our logo will pop up it's the same logo that we use for the podcast artwork if you haven't already go ahead and give us a review on your favorite podcast platform of your choice that that's a big help to us um and we would greatly appreciate that matt what did people miss in episode 108 so we talked about the home stretch of the season um specifically the the middle of the east um the, the pelicans dying off and then uh, for our league pass watches, I said the Clippers finished the year at 47 and 25 and had an incredible tank job to close out the year against the Oklahoma City Thunder. I was just eating up the J Scrub Daniel Oturo game. Just put it in my veins, Ryan. Um, and the Poku dagger. Just and get then- that all of that out of here. <laughs> Trade Poku. I'm out on Poku. <laughs> Um, bumped the Oklahoma City Thunder what, to 22 wins now. Uh, yeah, they they went from like a 50 something percent chance, 52 percent chance to like a 41 percent chance getting the number one pick. Just a disaster of a night for yeah, Oklahoma City. Got a coin flip tomorrow, I believe, to uh, determine some of this stuff. Which just incredible that a multi billion dollar business to break <laughs> a tiebreaker. Um, which I think that's one. I think the eight seed is or the eight spot in the draft is one like there's a couple others just using a coin flip. is just wonderful to me. Um, I would be here for like, I don't know, like a three point shootout or something. Like, I don't know. We need to spice this up though. Ryan, we got to get abs over some ideas here. What if <clears throat> the uh, all-star game started meaning something like in the, <laughs> like the, in the baseball all-star game, like, if the winner came out of the East, all draft tiebreakers go to the Eastern Conference yeah. team. Something. You know how much of a nightmare that would be for those bottom feeder teams that had no All-Stars? The teams that probably have no All-Stars. <laughs> <laughs> or like one. Yeah. Yeah, that's going to be rejected almost so The Thunder have incentivized Shea to like go play in the All-Star <laughs> game. <laughs> like, hey, go like drop 50 or something, just taking every shot. But make sure you're not going to play another game the rest of the year. <laughs> Oh, yeah, the foot injury is back. Um, and then, Ryan, you said that you were watching the Utah Jazz, finished 52-20. and 20. Um, Top seed in the West overtook 
Phoenix there right at the end. Um, an impressive, impressive jazz team this year. Um, but not getting it easier going into the playoffs, though. Um, and we'll talk about seeding today um, since the regular season has officially ended now and we're in the not playoffs yet. We're in the play in. I don't know. What I don't know. Have we decided we're counting about. that or not? Like, I believe if- the league said no, we're not counting it towards the playoffs. So these win loss records are going out into the basketball universe somewhere just afloat, not counting towards regular season, but not counting towards playoffs. I don't know. It, part of me is like, just say it's the playoffs. Who cares? Yeah. You know? Just, I mean, you made it to the postseason, essentially. You're playing yeah. in the postseason. Yeah. Like in baseball, like the wild card, like that counts as a playoff game, you know? So. Yeah, I don't like this. Uh, uh, like, we're gonna get some skewed stat, stat when LeBron scores fifty. It's like LeBron has scored fifty points in this one category of playing game. You know? Yeah. And but like LeBron supporters are gonna want to count that towards playoffs. Non-LeBron supporters are gonna be like, no, of course this isn't the playoffs. It's you know? nothing. It doesn't mean anything. But if Steph does it, then it's like, oh my gosh. Um, you know. So we're in this weird purgatory-ish play-in time but we love the play-in and so we'll talk about it as long as well as the western conference um finished standings as well as the east and some playoff matchups we're looking forward to or that we want to see so ryan let's start with the playing games since they are slated to start tomorrow tuesday may 18th um starting out east ryan right on a scale of one to ten what's your interest in the uh Number 10, Charlotte Hornets, and the number nine, Indiana Pacers game. It's like a four and a half, you know? Honestly, I wanna, higher than I thought you were going to say. <laughs> I, I, I want to see, I want to see, I bet, I, you know, I turned on the Charlotte Hornets this year. I think mm-hmm. I've talked about that. I'm a, like, this Charlotte team is somewhat fun. This My team, Charlotte Hornets. Your Charlotte Hornets. These Pacers can get blasted off in space for all i care <laughs> they're the most boring team uh, i have no desire that like if it was a like washington charlotte game it's a 10 out of 10 like that's going to be an awesome i would game. watch that for sure um this game ultra boring i think charlotte's gonna win i don't think it's gonna be interesting just get just punt this game to the sun you know so there's been the whole nate bjorken thing this year in indiana um how many points do the Pacers have to lose by for Bjorken to get fired? One. I think they, they just have to lose. <laughs> just giving them nothing if they lose. <laughs> no like, so, oh, so let's review the, the Pacers year, right? Like they decided to fire, decide to fire Nate McMillan, who's doing a fantastic job in Atlanta, by the way, and yeah. go with this guy who's, you know, out of Toronto, kind of a, uh, a not a nobody, but a top assistant, a highly uh, touted assistant in Toronto. And they're like, after one year, or just like, okay, yeah, we're might be moving on from you because of some locker room stuff. Like, give yeah, me a all break. All being like, he didn't really come in like trying to build relationships is just like this hardcore basketball, basketball, basketball thing, which is like great. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I'm all for like wanting to put in your new systems and everything like that and the some creative things that like, you learned in Toronto but like at the end of the day if the players aren't buying in because they don't like you as a person then like it doesn't matter 
So, well, I mean, that's what's made some of the best coaches what the greats, you know, like Popovich is built like his whole system, his whole strategy is built on building relationships with players. Yeah. And so is Nick Duncan and everyone loves him. Like, so is Nick Nurse. So, I don't know. I also wonder what was pitched to Bjorken before coming to Indiana. It's like, you're going to get a different team. Like we're going to trade some of these guys and that's why he didn't build some of these relationships. And then, you know, the Pacers didn't really do much this year in terms of roster moves. Yeah, Miles Turner, which is fine, yeah. right? Yeah. had a pretty decent year. They did go get Karis LeVert in that kind of weird whole situation. Um, I guess that worked out, I guess. TJ Warren got hurt. Malcolm Brogdon was good, but he's Malcolm he was Brogdon. Like- yeah, he was like an MVP pace early on in the season. Like, remember the Pacers surprised everyone to begin the season? Like, they were really Sorry. good. Yeah. Uh, and then it's just kind of all falling apart. Yeah. But, like, like bench guys and, like, Doug McDermott had, like, a pretty decent year and everything. Like, career years. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's, like, it's not that players necessarily like drastically underperformed or anything it's just like they couldn't ever put it all together like Sabonis like the some numbers like look really good but then it's like you check his box score every other night and he's like shooting 30 percent from the field on like 20 attempts and it's just like what are we doing here um but yeah so I'm I'm probably around the same thing you are I'm I'm at like a five and a half but it's mm. more because of Charlotte in this situation um in terms of excitement for this game it's like part of it's a little mellow thing also the terry rosier uh Devontae graham like this ridiculously hot backcourt at any given moment and like the miles bridges dunks like and that's all Char- i really want to see yeah the charlotte announcers too by the way um, oh yeah here it comes the i would say my four and a half excitement for this game is all four and a half charlotte zero percent indiana I, I think, like, my half on mine is for, like, if the Pacers get blown out, like, is there a new head coach there? Like, okay. I'm, so I'm very like, curious. But, like, this is, I guess, a good talking point. Like, what was the ceiling with this Indiana team, though? I mean, we talked at the beginning of the year, and I know I said, and I'm a Celtics fan, like, I was thinking the Celtics were going to finish at, like, six finish at seven um and so it's just like in theory boston should have been a little higher in theory miami should have been a little higher they finished us at six but so it's like you thought you would be competing for like a seven you know um or or maybe the six seed and instead like they had to like basically stay alive at the end of yeah you know, qualify for the play-in thank god they play in the east type of thing <laughs> Like I, I think there were slightly higher expectations, but saying they should have been like more than a game or two above five hundred would probably be a bit unrealistic. Yeah, I guess that's the point overall with with uh, Indiana. Like, just what are you expecting? And I think this like Charlotte is even like a year or two ahead of what we expected, at least what I expected going into the season. I know yeah, I Gordon Hayward things worked out really well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Melo's but turned out to be the player we were kind of promised with what Lonzo was supposed to be. Yeah. Um, 
uh, he's been a lot of fun. And that uh, some guys have taken some steps like Terry Rogier, like kind of yeah. having just an incredible year. Like you said, Miles Bridges is like a legit NBA player. Now he was right. before just like a, like the occasional highlight dunker. He's like a real player now. Yeah. So I think yeah, that like, they just have a bunch of like good players now. I think LaMelo has unlocked a lot of that team um, because he can get downhill and at the rim so quickly. It's really just unlocked a lot of that offense because they want to pass also. Yeah. He wants to get other guys involved. And I think that you, when you watch a Charlotte game, that's it kind of flows throughout the team. There's not really a sticking point on that team anymore. Whereas Indiana's like kind of inverse of like, they're wrong. Bonus is definitely a great passer, but like, and feels is very like regimented. Yeah. In Indiana. Whereas Charlotte's looks like uh, free flowing. And sometimes that gets them in trouble. They'll score like barely 100 points in a game because it's like sometimes you need a little structure there. But um, that's why at times Brego's just like bench Lamelo. Just be like, no, we're not running this, uh, you know, thousand times for it to result in, you know, no good looks when it's like we could just run like a very easy set and get a pin down screen for Terry and let him go to work from there. So I, I hope Charlotte wins for the entertainment factor here. Part of it's like maybe Indiana has a few more adults in the room. Yeah. So keep it a bit feistier, but like we were saying, if, if Charlotte wins this game by, I would say if they win by like more than 12, York and legitimately might be packing his bags. Um, it's if crazy. it's a single digit game, I don't know, maybe you talk yourself into one more year, but. Not looking great there. Yeah. The other Eastern Conference playing game, uh, like I alluded to, the the number seven Boston Celtics and the number eight Washington Wizards. So so my two teams, my my list of teams, the boys in it, um, have to play each other in the first playing round, Ryan, and I don't know what to do. I mean, obviously, you're pulling for Boston, right? So I'm long-term pulling for Boston. I'm sneaky wondering, though, because the seven seed has to play the two seed. I don't want to play Brooklyn. <laughs> I want to play Philly. So do we Do we tank? Do we tank a game? And then win the next one against, hopefully, Charlotte to get the eight and play Philly? I'd much rather play Philly. Doesn't seem like a Brad Stevens thing to do. I, I, so personally, I want a Brooklyn Wizards Washington first so round matchup. Yeah, I, I would support that a hundred percent. Because I, I really, I really want to see Russ versus Kevin Durant and James Harden. That game's going to be like one forty-five to one forty-three. Yeah. Like, it's just – and, like, Brad Beal thrown in the mix. Like, I think it's just going to be a fun – fun. that would be a fun first-round series. That, like, I think it would be feisty. I think it would be, a, like, a feisty five games for Brooklyn, you know, yeah. uh, and some chippiness to it. So, I think that would be fun. I think Boston's going to want to win this game, though. They don't, they don't want to run the risk of getting bounced out of the playoffs entirely. Because that's that's very much what would happen with this Boston team is that they would like get really smart and be like, all right, we're gonna lose this. We want Philly. They lose the first game, and then like Tatum has a one for 
twenty night or something like that, and they lose the second game and get bounced completely. It'd be a, just the epitome of Danny Ainge as a trade negotiator on a basketball court. Of like, we're gonna outsmart you, and then we end up like get left at the end, like just looking around, like what what happens? Um, you, you know, overthought it. It was one one thought too much. You know, yeah, like you could have just left it and it'd been fine. And that's oh. that's where it feels like we are right now as a Boston organization. This season's just been, let's be honest, like a disappointment. And like I said, I, I didn't think we were going to finish particularly high in the standings, but it was with the hope, though, that kind of like what Miami did this year, which is, you know, injuries, COVID, life, whatever. But then towards the end of the year, post-All-Star, figure it out, just team back together, run your offense, establish your defense, get hot going into the playoffs, and see who you draw, go from there. And if that would have happened with Boston, we'd been feeling great. But it didn't. It was just a constant sputtering. It's like that, you know, 1998 Honda Civic. That like, you know, it works. It'll get you to work. It'll get you back home. It, you don't always feel great about it, but it, it'll get you there. And it's just like one day, though, it's going to fall. Yeah, you know, it's just the gonna, transmission's finally gonna go. Yeah, right. It's just, it's just gonna go kaput at some point though, and you're just praying like it's not tomorrow. It feels like we just got to this point where it's just like at some point it's gone to a crashing end, and I'm, I hope it's not in the second playing game. It might be a four game sweep against Philly or a five game against Philly, but I honestly might be willing to bet. Like, hey, I bet this car can get me to work for four more months. I bet this Celtics team can get me four wins against Philly. So what a crazy, like what a crazy turn of events. Like since, since what, September of 2020 to now, like Philly's really bounced Philly. Yeah. When Boston bounced Philly, I know like this year has been kind of crazy with COVID and Tatum not being a hundred percent healthy. And now Brown's out. Uh, for the rest of the season, Walker's been hurt for an extended period of time. It just feels like they flipped the script on each other. You know, it feels yeah. like somehow Boston caught what Philly was going through last year with all the injuries and kind of turmoil. Um, it's just, I don't know. It's interesting. I think Boston has a really good shot in either series because they have the talent either way. Right. Uh, and I think they can make it feisty, but I think for entertainment value, I think this game, this play-in game is going to be really fun. Yeah, I think Tatum, I think. Tatum has always been spectacular when the moments are big. Beal is really going to be spectacular. He's kind of fighting some injury stuff, but I also I also am excited to see Russell Westbrook kind of back in the playoff mix and in some serious games. Sure. Part of the big thing here is going to be like who guards each other yeah. in this. Like someone's got to guard Tatum, and then on the flip who's, side, you know, who's the best defender Tatum. on Washington? Like, who is the best shot at guarding Tatum? They, well, they wouldn't put like, they wouldn't put Rui that, on him, right? That, that's the thing is like he's physical enough, but like, can he stay in front? Yeah. And like, also, then consistently, you know, challenge the step back. I don't know. Maybe that's your best shot, though. So and just be physical with him. See if you can kind of pound him on the other end. I don't know. I don't love it for Washington in that regard, but maybe it's just one of those. 
they don't think Boston can stop them either. Mm. So, you know, if, if it goes into a shootout, they're probably feeling pretty good about their chances. If it gets into the one twenties or more. And I would too, if I was uh, Washington. So the next one we'll talk about from the West, which will be the day after not going to be in the one twenties is uh, San Antonio and Memphis uh, in the 10, nine matchup. San Antonio being 10, Memphis being nine. Um, any thoughts quickly here, Ryan? I don't feel like this is one we need to spend too much time on. I want I want good things for John Morant. I know that. Yeah, give me John Morant, this one. That's all you got to say. Yeah. Also, I would be – I don't know. I say give me John Morant, but DeMar DeRozan at any point could give you the business. Yeah. This Memphis team's been fun. I would say that. Um, and I, it's a shame they lost the Warriors the other night because they had, they've been right there with the eight essentially this whole season. Um, lost and, it right at the end. And lost it right, right at the end, essentially. I don't know. I like the Grizzlies. I think they have a whole bunch of competent NBA players, and I think that's going to help them uh, in their little run here if they yeah. get, get to play. So the 7-8 is the most anticipated playing game maybe we'll ever have. Um, it's the Los Angeles Lakers and the Golden State Warriors. Um, before we get to this, whoever loses this game, Ryan, would you rather see San Antonio or Memphis in the second play-in? I think San Antonio. I think you'd rather see San Antonio? Memphis, I don't, I don't, obviously, probably a little more dynamic. Yeah, I don't really want any part of Memphis. See, it, I guess it also kind of depends if you're going to get like a good Dylan Brooks or not. Yeah, I saw, I don't remember who it was, um, but they tweeted out like the Spider-Man meme, Spider-Man pointing at Spider-Man. Yeah. And it said, through the eyes of Dylan Brooks, Dylan Brooks playing Steph Curry. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I was just like, that is perfect, right? That, <laughs> that is exactly how Dylan Brooks approaches the game. But once every like six times though, he's going to have a really good game. Yeah, you just hope you don't catch him on that night. Um, the other night he was spectacular on Steph on when it came to defense, um, but, but I, offensively great. wasn't wasn't that good. Um, yeah, I don't I, I don't know. I would want to see. I would want to see San Antonio. Who would you want to see? I think I'm the opposite. I think I'd rather play Memphis. They still got a lot of young dudes, so. You know, like, yeah, John Morant's very talented. Um, neither team has, like, a great point guard stopper. Mm. But I just think, like, you know, you're not trying to play pop. Um, and, like, San Antonio has some guys, like DeJounte Murray and Derek White and, you know, Lonnie Walker gets hot, Kelvin Johnson. Like, they have some guys. Yaka Pirtle's, like, actually a very, very good defensive center. So, like, you're not going to mm. get a lot of easy points at the rim. I I think it's kind of just a coin flip there, but I don't know. In like a one game winner take all, Pop's not exactly the guy I want to be playing in that situation. So, you know, I and especially if San Antonio's like we can beat Utah if we get yeah. paid. So, you know, if especially since it's, uh, if I remember right, like it doesn't affect like their draft spot either. So it's mm. not like you can bump back like four spots in the draft. Mm. And it shows the ten because this. It's not the regular season anymore. It's not the playoffs, but it's not the regular season anymore. So <laughs> take that for what you will. Um, back to the Golden State LA thing. What 
we actually want to talk about there. Jesus, this is like a 10 out of 10, 100 times over, like on the excitement scale here. And I don't know if this is the league's worst nightmare or like best positive outcome. Like for sure, like ratings wise, I'm sure like the TV guys are just super excited because yeah. like you get you get to advertise Steph versus LeBron, Golden State versus LeBron, that kind of that whole narrative, that headline. Sure. Um, I think L- LA, the Lakers are the better team here. Um, I mean, Steph's been absolutely incredible this last month. Plus, um, yeah. I just don't think that this is going to be much of a game. I think it's going to be a 10 plus point game. I think I agree. Like the Lakers should, you know, securely. I said it was a bit of a <laughs> in the game. Um, at the end of the day, I think it comes down to like, someone someone's have to guard lebron and anthony davis right and as good as draymond is as a team defender he's just not up to that task anymore consistently um nor is andrew wiggins kelly Oubre, or eric pascal so you know just kind of out of luck there so or kavon looney um for 80 so i think it's should be a you know, lakers mm-hmm. yeah right i Probably wouldn't bet more than like eight points, but I wouldn't be shocked if it's, you know, 15, 16 point game by yeah, any means. So, toward the end. Yeah. I mean, Steph's going to do his thing, but at least you kind of have some guys to throw at him for LA. Nothing that's great, but you kind of have some guys to throw at him. I think the first quarter is going to be telling to see if this game is going to be close or not. Because if Steph gets going in that first quarter, that's usually a good indicator that Golden State's going to be in it. The longer they can stay in it, just the more opportunities you're giving Steph to rip your heart out. Right. With like a 38 footer, you know. Golly. He's he's been he's been spectacular this year. It's gonna be hard to rank MVPs this year outside yeah. of one, in my opinion. I think Steph's been as good as any other player in the league. Yeah. I mean he's he's LeBron James's MVP, according to LeBron. Um so, but you're right. Like that's, it's a prime matchup. I, I do think Lakers though, eventually emerge out of this. So we'll go ahead and talk West. We'll stay there uh, since that's where we picked up last. Um, a lot of uh, interesting final weekend games there, Ryan, um, whether it was the Clippers tank or, you know, jazz trying to maneuver, you know, get back to their uh, one and whatever. Um, and Denver, and the Portland game. So how this ended up is Utah at the one, Phoenix at the two, Denver in third, the Los Angeles Clippers in fourth, Dallas in the five seed, and Portland got 42 wins. Dame saved that man's house. The, the guy who bet his house on the Blazers hitting 42 wins. Um, Dame did it. Got him 42, six seed. So those matchups we know for sure are in the four or five is going to be Clippers, Dallas, and then they'll play the winner of the one eight. And then we know for sure Denver versus Portland, Mm. they'll play the winner of the two seven matchup. So regardless of how this shakes out, um, this is like the epitome of like the West is just the gauntlet. Because like even the seven eight just because of injuries are most likely 
Lakers Warriors here. So Utah Phoenix, you know, congrats on having a wonderful regular season. One of the best like regular seasons your franchise has ever had. You get to play one of LeBron James or Steph Curry. Now, I don't, I don't love that. I'm not saying their team's going to lose. I'm not saying their team's going to win either. Put it that way. Utah doesn't make it out of the first round. How like damaging is it for that roster and that team that has worked so hard, been so good together? Um, I think it brings up some Mike Conley questions. Yeah. I think Gobert has been very good this year. Um, and then Donovan Mitchell, obviously he's had the sprained ankle at the end of the year, um, has been very good. Mike Conley has been good this year, though. Like, he really has on um, the whole all-star game thing and uh, whatever. But, you know, Conley has been good, but it might lead you to think, like, okay, between financial mo- uh, motives and just on the court, is is this the best situation for us moving forward or not? Um, I'm not saying start Jordan Clarkson, you know, in the next year, but, you know, do you look around the league at other options? I think it would have to be a legit discussion, but I also don't know if you can be too dramatic coming off of a either Lakers or Warriors matchup. So if you're the Utah Jazz, who would you rather see, the Warriors or Lakers? Warriors. Because you feel like you only have to focus on one guy. Right, Steph Curry. Yeah. And Utah, very good defensively. You know, if that's Royce O'Neal's assignment, that's Royce O'Neal's assignment. That's fine. You know, um, you can live with that. And everyone else, just play straight up and help, you know, if you're, you know, guarding certain guys. I think that's about as good as you can get. Because, again, it's kind of the classic, like, who are you putting on LeBron and AD? Whole yeah. situation. I think you you probably put that off about as long as you can. Maybe you never see him. But I'd rather have to deal with one guy, Steph Curry, than two guys in LeBron and AD at this point in time. And then also the Warriors have to guard someone on your team, and you're such an efficient team that Draymond can't make up for all their mistakes on that end when it just comes to Utah whipping the ball around and getting a ton of open threes. Yeah, that's a good point. I, I'd probably – I'm probably on board with you there. Um, I don't – I just don't want to see LeBron or AD, right? Like you try to put – try to let someone else take care of them and then yeah. worry about that other team if that's the Clippers or um, someone else, you know. Right. Just, just put that off. Keep putting that off. Keep punting that as far as you can. I would agree with you. Um, that leaves Phoenix in a tough spot having to play the Lakers. I, I, you know – like, I feel like with Chris Paul, that locker room may be a little bit more mentally prepared to play the Lakers in the first first round. You might be right about that. Just like he's probably been preparing this team all season for a moment like this. I don't know. I, I mean, DeAndre Ayton, you don't feel is going to be terrible on maybe like a Anthony Davis, but you still have the big question of like, are you throwing Tory Craig at LeBron James? Probably not. Jay Crowder, I guess. Jay Crowder a little bit. Mikhail Bridges is probably the number one option, but you're going to lose a lot of the team defense that he provides. 
yeah um, and really great you know ways testing at the rim and everything um if you have to stick them on lebron so i you know you may be right about that the whole chris paul bit and there are a lot of wings there in uh phoenix same point then someone's got to guard devin booker someone's got to guard chris paul um, you know dennis Schroeder's got to guard one of these guys or you know know how to stay home on a shooter for example if he has to guard cam johnson or something um you can take advantage of that this that might be one that goes like a legit hard six games um that i don't i don't know that you get in utah you might but i don't would, know that you get in utah it would also be just the absolute antithesis of cp3's compete three cp3's career if you played lebron in the first round and lost in like five yeah. games you know yeah I really hope for them that's not what happens because the yeah. Suns have been like a great story and had a great season. And I really don't want that to go down and like just, you know, ball of flames there. But if on the inverse, if like Phoenix somehow manages to upset the Lakers, like what an all time win. It's like the closest thing to a championship they've had in a long, long time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just that alone. Like everything else from there is gravy. Um, right. But you would feel pretty good. So the three, six, so again, we mentioned the two seven winner plays a three six winner. So that's Denver and Portland. Denver obviously still shorthanded, no Jamal Murray. Um, somehow Nikola Jokic probably cemented his MVP candidacy by keeping the Nuggets in the three spot. Like we had legit conversations. Are that were they going to drop down to like the five six? I, you know, it's going to be crazy. I think I still have Denver beating Portland in the series. I don't like p- picking against Dame ever. Like I've done, I've been down this road before, but Jokic has been so good. And Michael Porter Jr. has been pretty good down the stretch too. Maybe yeah. they just get enough offense and expose Portland enough on the defensive end to, to pull out that series. Yeah. This definitely feels like a six, seven game series. Um, I'm just like, who's getting the last shot? This was an incredible series a couple of years ago when they met in the second round. Yeah. Um, or Portland, you know, that was when they went on their Western Conference final run. Um, but yeah, this kind of feels like a, is Jokic getting the last shot or is Dane getting the last shot? Yeah. That's, that's what it feels like a lot. Is, is CJ getting a open three off of a, off a nice set or is Michael Porter Jr. getting a nice, you know, look off of a, a you know, after timeout set or something. Um but yeah, I, I'm very intrigued by this. I, I almost put this as my, you know, series to watch. Mm-hmm. Um, if Murray was in it, I would have definitely said so. Yeah. Um, I, I might agree. I might just go with Denver. And again, we're, we're, we're huge Dame Lillard fans here. But this Portland thing, they, they still rely on Carmelo too much. Like, yeah. I thought Norman pa- hasn't been good enough. I thought right. the- Norm Powell was supposed to be a guy for them. It's kind yeah. of thing. Yeah. It, I don't know. It feels just something's off with this Portland team. It just doesn't feel right. It doesn't sit well with me. Like you're missing a certain type of guy. And it's not even just a guy, but like a certain type of guy. Um, yeah. They just, they don't have it. And so, you know, the fact that they're able to, Stay in the top six, I think, is some credit to them. But mm. if the Lakers were healthy at least slightly more, then you would argue that they would have been up there. Portland could also make the argument, well, if CJ didn't miss so many games, they would have been higher. But, you know, 
Yeah, he missed like a whole month and a little bit. Yeah, because he started out red hot, but then missed so much pre-All-Star that he actually didn't even make the All-Star game. Um, and came back um, since then. And, and he's been you know, very good this year, and so is Dame. Um, Dame, another legit MVP candidate. Mm. But, you know, I think still some of the same issues of like who is coming off the bench for this team and in the playoffs that only matters to a certain degree because you shorten your rotation but still for Portland you don't feel great about their bench uh who is the consistent offense outside of Damon CJ who's anyone as a consistent defender again like I said Robert Covington really hasn't been like the guy they really needed him to be um but they also need kind of a one-on-one lockdown defender and now it's never his game so uh, I think I side with you. Denver is probably the look there, but um, I wouldn't be surprised if Portland came out and like won the first two or something, though. Mm. It wouldn't shock me. And then the last uh, series we know for sure it's happening in the West is the four-five, the Los Angeles Clippers and the rematch with the Dallas Mavericks. Luca's, you know, shot probably playing on playback just over and over and over on loop. Uh, I don't know. What do you think here, Ryan? I know the Clippers kind of tanked to get out of this, this, that matchup with the Lakers potentially early on. Um, I don't know if like this was the, that was the move though. Like I don't want any part of Luca. Like he's been, he was good in the playoffs last year. I know the Clippers pulled out the series and maybe you feel just as good about this Dallas team who is, you know, struggled early on with a bunch of COVID stuff. Um, I just, I don't know. It's the West, so you got to kind of pick and choose who you're playing anyway. If, like, Paul George, this is a make or break off season for you, right? Yeah. Like, if, if you show up and have another dud of a playoff run, it's not going to be good. Yeah, no, there's going to be some much more serious conversations in a Steve Ballmer's office this summer uh, if that happens because right the direction of that franchise is so potentially catastrophic if this doesn't go well again um but dallas i mean does still feel like they're playing with house money because yeah. they they're still ahead of schedule i think with luca um porzingis honestly hasn't even been great by any means so anything you get from him that's a positive I think at this point it's just gravy. And then you're effectively just testing out like what of these other pieces between Jalen Brunson and Tim Hardaway and Dorian Finney-Smith, like what guys are we trying to keep around, you know, for the next couple of years as we actually gear up to make a, a legit title run and who are we not? Dallas losing in the first round doesn't change the trajectory of their franchise. Mm. Maybe it helps them decide on some, fringy moves and rotation moves um maybe even like figuring out what else do we want in our starting lineup but not the general direction of their franchise mm-hmm. so you know, i think you're just you're going out there and you're just throwing the kitchen sink at them and just see see what sticks see what see what plays against the clippers and just if you find something that works to do it a thousand times over until the clippers can stop it um, because that's just the thing with Dallas is their offense can be so efficient and so killer that the Clippers like might just not be able to keep up in moments. So same time, someone for Dallas is going to have to play defense, but um, you know, 
I'm not trying – if I'm the Clippers, I'm not trying to get into a shootout with Dallas. No, I think that's the thing is, like, you let Luka go off for one or two games, and then all of a sudden it's like a best-of-three series, you know? Yeah. And that's when you're probably, of course, going to get like the weird Tim Hardaway or Kristaps Porzingis game. Right. And right. You're, all of a sudden you're the Clippers and you're down 3-2 and you're like, how did we get here? <laughs> this, going isn't, on? this isn't what we wanted in the first round yeah. at all. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't I don't know. I, this, I get it. If you're the Clippers, like you kind of want to put off playing the Lakers. Unless the Lakers lose to the Warriors in their first play-in game and then take the eight. And, and and win the one eight. Then you have to play them. Oh man, this West is just like so amazing this year. You know, yeah. There's no easy way out. It's just a pick your poison. Yeah, it's literally like, okay, do you want to play Dame? Do you want to play Chris Paul? Do you want to play a frisky Utah team? Right. And the answer is just in general, no. <laughs> but not. Can we go not, to not East one of the and play? Uh, the Washington Wizards who made it to eight. <laughs> yeah, no, as a Celtics fan saying, I don't want to play Washington. I want to play Charlotte as opposed to, I don't want to play Steph Curry is <laughs> is a lot different. It's insane. Um, you ready to move over the East? Yeah, let's do it. So how this shook out. So Philly secured the one, Brooklyn, the two, Milwaukee, the three seed, the New York Knickerbockers as the four. The Atlanta Hawks surging under new management, Nate McMillan, got the five. And as previously mentioned, the Miami Heat uh, jumped up to the number six spot, keeping the Celtics in the play-in. So, again, the, the playoff matchups, um, it's going to be Philly most likely against Washington or, or Charlotte. And then Brooklyn most likely against Boston. Could be Washington, but most likely Boston. And then from there, it goes Milwaukee versus Miami and New York versus Atlanta. One of the New York Knicks or Atlanta Hawks is going to be in the second round. That's that's something. Um, Ryan, any thoughts on the 1-8-2-7 theoretical matchups? I mean, like I said, I really want Brooklyn-Washington. Um, I think Philly and Embiid, as long as that team stays healthy – I think uh, uh, Eastern Conference Finals of potentially Philly and Brooklyn is going to be really fun. Yeah. Um, and, you know, second round, we can talk about that more and, like, who to pick. But for the first round potential matchups, I, 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 I don't really see either of these teams struggling with any of the bottom tier teams in the East. Like, it's not much of as of conversation, I don't think, as the West. I do – you know, the Philly Boston thing, if that's what happened, there would be some like legit mind things going on there. Mm-hmm. Boston just be like, to hell with it. We're just gonna, you know, put up anything and everything. And then Philly, like, you know, it's gonna be like that we can't blow this again, whole deal. But I don't think that's gonna be much of an issue. Um, you're right. I think Brooklyn's just kind of run gonna run rough shot through whoever they have to play, just because no one can keep up when all their guys are in. So I, you know, applause to anything that can put up a good effort there, but that both of those kind of feel like five game series, which is probably what a one, two um, seed should do in their first round games, to be honest. 
Right. So then it moves down into the more interesting, like com- in terms of competitiveness matchups. I don't know if either of these are super interesting, but in terms of competitiveness, number three, Milwaukee versus number six, Miami, uh, a haunting rematch from last year's bubble for the Milwaukee Bucks and potentially on the hot seat, Mike Boonholzer, the reports swirling that he may not return if they don't make a deep playoff run, meaning at least the conference finals. So Ryan, I don't know, is based off of your predictions here, is Bud back or not? I So I really like this Milwaukee team. And I've been kind of down on this Miami team all year, you know? All right. But I also don't know if I can pick Milwaukee. <laughs> so I'm just going to go with Jimmy Buckets, you know? I picked against them, like, last year, every round. I just think he's he's going to get that team motivated again. Um, they're playing good basketball at the right time. Bam's a good matchup for Giannis. And this Milwaukee team just hasn't been that spectacular at any point this season. They've shown flashes. Drew's been really good. I think that's going to be the X factor. Is Drew a holiday going to show up in this series? And how good can he be? And if he's really good, Milwaukee has a chance to make it far in this playoffs. So, yeah, a couple of problems like last year. One, they just – it's like they couldn't stop Jimmy Butler. Who, yeah, again, not not even trying to shoot threes at this point. But excellent defender still and excellent um, at getting to his mid-range game. I, it feels like having Drew Holiday is going to help with that, though. Like you, you got to think at least he's going to make it more difficult for it's him. gonna. He's going to make him work for it quite yeah. a bit. Or if you're going to put Middleton on him um, or Giannis on him, then Drew can go play against whatever other guard is hot. So if it's Drogic, or last Robinson. year, you were, yeah, Duncan Robinson, um, Tyler Hero. Whereas last year, you're throwing like Eric Bledsoe on that guy. This year, you're throwing Drew Holiday on that guy if you're wanting to put Middleton or Giannis on him, uh, on Butler. So I think matchup-wise, Milwaukee is more um, capable this year of Mm -hmm. cutting off the head of the snake. Um, But, right, the BAM thing is still a problem. But, you know, I think we've just learned over the years, though, if you can limit the other team's biggest problem to being a center, then you kind of just got to live with that. And unless it's like a legit Joel Embiid will score 40, you're kind of just okay with it. Um, and I I think I'm going to take Milwaukee. Mm. I, I think Giannis is going to be in that, like, we're not doing this again thing um, type of mode. And Miami, I think they're okay if this season, you know, kind of flames out in the first round. The whole Oladipo thing didn't work, which is fine. You took the flyer, you give up basically nothing, you know, is what it is. Um, you're going to have to make some decisions on like Dunn or uh, Chris Nunn and Tyler Hero, uh, Goran Dragic. So, again, get them reps, get them looks, and see what you want to keep moving forward. Um, kind of like how we mentioned with Dallas of like, if they win, great. Mm. If they lose, you know, no big deal there. So I'll lean Milwaukee. I think they just have more to play for. And then the, the Knicks-Hawks. This, this, at the beginning of the year, if you would tell me, like, that's a play-in, I'd be like, oh, cool. 
but it's actually the four or five. Um, I also feel like this is like a series we've seen like ten times in the past before. You know, at some point, like my excitement level for this is like potentially less than the Pacers Hornets playing game. <laughs> this is Trey Young's first action in a playoff series. Does that excite you at all? I'm more excited for Bogdan Bogdanovich. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, like Jeez. obviously Trey Young's very good at basketball, like he is, but it's kind of been the other guys who have really like stepped it up and figured it out um, that have made this team go, whether it's Collins or Capella, Bogdanovich, mm. Kevin Herter's really mm. come on. DeAndre Hunter was taking a late before he got hurt, but he's back um, finally now. I think it's more of those guys that'll make this ship go. So, I, you know, obviously you, you do want to see Trey Young play, but he could be a guy that I, I could very much imagine Tibbs just makes his life a living just hell out yeah. there. To be like, I dare you to come into the lane. So are we picking that next year? Is that what I'm hearing? Are we both picking the Knicks? I, I don't want to pick Atlanta. <laughs> so, I, you know, it's just one of those, like, I, someone for Atlanta is going to have to guard Julius Randle. Mm. And that just, I don't see that going well. Um, yeah. I mean, John Collins is your kind of your best bet, but I mean, he's not your best defender yeah. by chance, by aim stretch. Yeah, I don't think you can put Capella out there because Randle will take him away from the basket too much. Yeah. Um, so that's a real thing. RJ Barrett's been like very good, like a, like just shy of like 40% three point shooter this year. I mean, it's really all off the catch, but still, um, so yeah, you kind of got to know where he is at all times and Derek Rose still does things. And, you know, the defense is ultimately what it is. And, and, you know, as much as New Orleans Noel, we mentioned him earlier, um, he, he has his flaws, but he sure can protect the rim. Um, and has done a better job of doing it without fouling. So maybe a lot of those Trey Young free throws he's used to getting, like maybe it's just blocks now. Mm. Um, you know, so little things like that might sway this series. And I, part of me is like, I feel like I, I would trust Atlanta more in late game because they have more shot creators and shooters. But, you know, the Knicks are just, they've done it all year. I was wrong that they were going to fall off in the second half. Like, I'll admit it. I'm still not completely sure how they've done it besides Julius Randle, but I'm, I might just have to say New York here. I don't, this, you know, as much as that we said the the West is a pick your poison here. This is like a pick your poison for me. I don't really feel like either team deserves to move on to the second round, but one of them has to. Sure. Yeah. I'm going to pick the Knicks here too. I think I don't want Atlanta. I don't necessarily not want Atlanta. I just don't think Atlanta has the firepower this year. It just felt like this team has been off, and they certainly got hot during the regular season. Trey's been good, um, but I, I don't know. I, I just I like Knicks. I think they have something. They obviously have some momentum coming out of the regular season. Is right. this team like better? Is it going to get past the second round? Probably not. But it, I think it's going to be. It's a fun run for this team that hasn't had anything like this in decade. Right. Yeah. Since Carmelo was there. Right. Atlanta. Yeah. Atlanta just needs like another organic growth year, like going to the off season with McMillan as your coach, let young 
you know, DeAndre Hunter, all their guys to take a natural another step forward in their games and see what happens next year. 100%. So let's wrap this up then. So Ryan, give me a first round matchup you are excited to see or hope to see. I've been saying it all podcasts. I'm going to say it here again. Give me the Wizards. Give me Brooklyn. Those those two teams, I just want to see Russ get chippy with Kevin Durant in a second quarter that the Wizards are down by 20. And, and have on their way back. Yeah. Yeah. I just want, like, I want a really fun 2-7. Which this, and, that would be it. And that would be it in the East. Um, so that's my matchup. What about yours? Um, less OKC petty fandom in mind. Mm. Um, mm. so I'll go, I'll go Clippers Mavericks and the four five in the West for mine. I mean, we talked about the Luca thing, how the Clippers, like they better, they better have tanked this correctly at the end of the season. Otherwise, uh, this is going to be a disaster. So could win a championship could be a disaster to be determined. But, you know, if the Clippers, this is also for me, a, if they confidently and, you know, decisively win this series, yeah, maybe it's like a easy, quote-unquote easy, five games or six games. I don't know. They might, they might come out of the West, Ryan. Might come out of the West. That's a take. That's a take. That's why you got to listen all the way through the podcast. You got to get to the very end. This podcast is going to be titled Late Hot Takes. <laughs> gotta, gotta listen to the end. You always have to. Skip the ads, listen to the end. <laughs> Speaking of ads, brought to you by MeUndies. We're, <laughs> we're not actually sponsored by MeUndies. There was a point earlier in this podcast where I thought you were about to do like an ad read. I was like, <laughs> what in the world is going on here? Could have. It would have been incredible. Brought to you by the plan, the thing the players hate. <laughs> Why does the plan? Does the plan have like an official sponsor? Plan needs an official sponsor. Uh, probably ESPN is the official sponsor of the plan. Yeah, I'd probably. imagine. Uh, well, we got four games this week, all of them playing. Uh, at least until Wednesday that we know of. I guess it'll be kind of to be ter- determined there. After that, like. Yeah, I think it will um, be yeah another few days after that. So, anyway. Well, that's episode 109. Matt, do you have any other hot takes you want to get off your chest before uh, ending this podcast? No, nah, that's enough for, for one evening. <laughs> well, thank you so much for listening to episode 109. We'll see you back for episode 110. Yeah.